This is episode number 48 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I talked with Ben and Fox about a question we got about how to become a worship leader from a young guy that submitted an email to us on the site. So here we go, Church Collective Podcast, episode number 48. So for this episode, we've got an Ask the Collective. I'm here with Ben and Fox, and uh, we got a question from Wesley Nelson who says, Hey, I am a 16-year-old Christian songwriter, and I want to pursue a career in leading worship. What would you guys suggest some of the next steps uh, would be for me to take? So here we go, guys. Any thoughts? What do we tell Wesley to do? The first thing that I would do is focus on passion. Um, to be a good worship leader, you're not only leading a congregation of people, you have to also lead a team. And if your passion is to be a player, but you don't handle people very well, then that's going to interfere with that um, more than you might think. There's a whole element of, of being a pastor to these people and being their spiritual leader, being their emotional leader you have to be their anchor and be available to them as well they're going to come to you with their all of their issues musically uh professionally and personally and you have to be willing to accept that and then also love people where they are at and coming with that there has to be an understanding that there's going to be tough love involved because while you are going to love them what where they are at, you have to understand that this is a very important platform that you're wanting to take on, and that takes a whole lot of responsibility. And somebody could be a fantastic musician or a fantastic performer, but if they don't have the right heart, if their heart's not in the right space, if their spirituality is not in the right space, and that's not going to be a good position for them, for you, or for your church. Mm-hmm. So being able to tell someone um, that you love them but they can't be here anymore is something you're going to have to do. You cannot be afraid of those confrontations. A lot of worship leaders and musicians uh, are lovers, and all they want to do is give people the opportunity to do what they like to do because that's what all artists want. But you have to be able to to stand up and say, I love you, but you cannot do this right now. <laughs> um, I would love to work with you and help you out with that, whether that is um, uh, we meet once a week just for coffee and talk about life and talk about where your heart's at, and then we can go forward from there. Or if it's talking, sitting them down and saying, um, this is what I'm expecting you as a musician, and you're not performing at this level, uh, how can we get there? You're not practicing. I know you're not practicing. Mm. Uh, so why are you lying to me and telling me that you're practicing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, those sorts of things are things you have to deal with, and that's something that not everyone who's who looks at a worship leader and says, oh, I want to do that because that's awesome. I love worshiping. Right. These are some of the elements that you have to understand are part of the job. It's part of the gig. Sure. It's more than, than musical knowledge. It's more than spiritual knowledge. It's it's about being a leader yeah. for your team as well. That's good stuff. I know it's really important, especially um, just coming into a church and you see the worship leader on the platform and maybe you're a guitar player and a you know singer-songwriter, I think, um, is, is what they said in the email here. Yeah. So... Um, 
I, I think the the twenty minutes you see at a church service, um, which, like you said, Fox, it's really just um, not at all what actual worship leadership, what um, you know, being a worship pastor really is about. I always tell my team that our our platform time really is an extension of. Uh, our personal hearts, our personal devotion, our personal worship time with God, each individual members as well as a leader. And, and I think that puts a big, big burden on the worship leader pastor, just as much as the, the senior pastor of the church. Um, you really have to lead that spiritual charge. Um, and it can be exhausting. It can be grueling to go week to week and, and be try to be the creative um, sinew, as a strange word to jump to, try to be the, the one holding it all together. Um, creatively and and then still encouraging others to come along and do the same um so i think the the biggest thing to do is foster just a heart for god and um opening your bible and getting to know him especially at 16 years old you got um a lot of time ahead of you to really create great habits of just closet experiences with god where you're just reading his word and you're hearing from him you know, journaling or doing private worship, you know, finding what your personal expression is with God and fostering that relationship because your worship leadership um, can't get any better than the relationship that you have personally with God. And um, I've seen a lot of it too, and I've, you know, been victim of of it myself. It's really easy to um, burn out and to just kind of empty the well and and not have anything. So um, if you're not in a position of worship leadership, and if you're listening to this too, and you like, you want to get into worship leadership, I'd say first and foremost, really work on your relationship with God. And we're not going to be flawless. We're not going to be perfect. Um, you know, we, we have ups and downs throughout our life, but really take the time to get, um, used to what it feels like to routinely connect with God. Even if you don't feel like it one morning, just get up and open the word and, um, God's going to show up there in the midst of that. So it's, it uh, sounds like uh, a lot of it has to do with redefining what you uh, what you see as a win, what what success looks like. Um, one of the first things when, when you were talking a minute ago, Fox, I, I was thinking, you know, we always want to shoot for the best sonic quality that we can. We want the band to be tight. We want all the players to be on point. But if your best players are not in a good spot, that's that's a tough call. I mean, you, you got to bring out the, you know, the B team, if if you will. You know, I don't I don't mean to put it that way, but sure. you know, yeah, the the other players that you know maybe are are you know in their Bible more than than the others, and and I've seen personally that 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 type of thing has a huge effect on um, rehearsals and and uh, you know where the where the worship gets to on, on Sunday morning or, or whatever time you worship at, um, you know, regardless of, of all the effort that you put into, which is important. There's, there's no question there mm-hmm. in uh, practicing uh, beforehand in, in rehearsals and all that, but there's something that happens and it's, it's hard to measure and it's hard to really define, but, um, and, and it's, it's, it's pretty unique and pretty special when, when God takes it to another level, mm-hmm. uh, Due to just the the team collectively pressing in and <laughs> I see what you uh, that word, <laughs> uh, but I think you touch on a really good point that the the musicianship like I don't think it's a um, either or thing. It's not like you have to have somebody who is um, super spiritual or you have to pick the strong musician. I think 
if you pursue God and if we really get what it means to be a worship leader, I think the great musicians come out of that because there's a responsibility, there's a burden on, on my heart um, to play skillfully for God, to, to recognize that I need to not only foster my relationship with God, but I also, yeah, need to become better at my craft, better at the, the gifts and the talents that God's given me. I need to foster them and I need to play those scales over and over and over again. And, um, you know, we'll link up some great resources to in the show notes for this episode of just some practical, um, you know, musicianship stuff that you can run with as well to get started. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely. Um, there's also... As, as musicians, we all want to to be really good at what we do. Mm. And there's also an expectation of perfection. I have to do this perfectly because it's for God and he demands nothing less. Yeah, uh, That is false. <laughs> and I want to nip that right away, that you're not expected to play perfectly. You should learn all about tone and you should learn all about all about how to to master your instrument and play the best that you can but mistakes are inevitable mm. i challenge anyone to play through manifesto without screwing it up um, <laughs> it's painful <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that song is so simple yet everyone screws it up and it's not nothing to do with their musicality or musicianship it's that's the heart that's what we're talking about here is the is the heart um, uh, and soul of, of what it means to be worship leaders more than just musicality. And you should expect to fail at times mm-hmm. and you should expect to make mistakes and don't let it get to you. There have been times where we're playing on a weekend and we're off click all morning long and my guitarist is not in tune and there's tone problems everywhere. My drummer is too loud. <laughs> but then you look out over the crowd and the people are worshiping. Yeah. Uh, so that's the most important part. Um, we get bogged down as musicians because we're all innate perfectionists and we want everything to be just right. And you should expect a level of excellence from yourself as well as from your players, but don't let that interfere with the act of worship. Hmm. If your microphone craps out, bummer, get a new one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yell. They all know the words anyway. Sure. So there's there's nothing that, that should prevent you from worshiping. There's nothing technical, musical, or anything involved production-wise that should prevent you from worshiping on a Sunday morning. Hmm. That's huge. I feel like a lot of times on my, we know what we would define as our worst mornings where everything's off. You know, I missed all my parts. I just completely flubbed the whole thing. There'll be people that say, man, you just, that was a really great time of worship this morning. And I almost feel like you're just trying to make me feel better, right? (laughs) (laughs) But really, I, you know, when you really look at it, I think that people don't notice those things as much. And again, it's not an excuse to do poorly. But um, I I really think that um, people are just there to worship and they're going to connect with God regardless of how, Poorly you do because most people aren't going to notice. So we shouldn't, we should just try to get past this thing. And that's hard. I, I can say this. And that's one of the biggest things I struggle with is, is having a, a rough morning or, you know, a rough Sunday, the rest of the day, if, if worship went poorly, it's just, it's hard because we get one shot and I work all week towards it. And sometimes you just, you're tired or sure. whatever. This is weird stuff happens. So yeah, that, and, that's huge. I think that's a big one. And I think a lot of the time, um, when people respond to worship, even when we make mistakes, I think um, once you get to the point where you're a worship leader at a church and, and you're you're doing it, you have to foster that 
within your congregation. I think you can very much have um, an expectation mindset in your church where they are looking for those mistakes. Even your, you know, your senior pastor may be looking for those mistakes, or you may feel like you're under just tremendous scrutiny. But um, you can really foster uh, community just by simply, you know, staying out of the green room, walking off the platform, and actually just connecting with people in the congregation and realizing that at the end of the day. It was really just a bunch of believers gathering in the room, worshiping God. Some of them were plugged in. Some of them have instruments. Others of them are standing in the front row with their arms up. Um, and I think if you can break that wall down and really take the the band and the worship leaders, don't don't keep them as a separate thing from the congregation, but really just a body of believers. Um, whatever you can do in your context to break that wall down, I think is tremendously important. Let's move more towards the practical. So um, he's sixteen. 16-year-old wants to become a worship leader. Um, I, I guess for, for my personal experience, my personal education, um, I went for a bachelor's in music and then I finished that and I'm still actually in the middle of um, getting a master's degree, almost done. Hopefully next year I'll have a uh, master's in theology. And that was really when I set out to become a worship leader, I just, I felt like I wanted to um, really delve into the musicality. So I've got you know, just a bachelor's of music, all the choral and instruments, and you need somebody to play an oboe, I can probably get up there and sound pretty terrible, but I'm going to be kind of passable at it. And I kind of speak the language, I kind of felt like I needed to learn the musical language. And then now I'm working on my master's in theology just to uh, round out the pastoral biblical foundation. But um, what are your thoughts, Fox, on uh, someone coming out of high school? What, what kind of educational path do you think they should take? Education-wise, um learn everything possible. Hmm. Uh, it, 90% of worship leaders lead from the center of the platform on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, it's okay to break that mold. Do not be afraid of that, but also don't be afraid to embrace that. Sure. Um, and going along with that, you need to know everything about the guitar, hmm. how it's constructed, why it does what it does, and how it works acoustically, electrically, however. Um, you also need to understand how music operates, how it moves, how it feels, how it thinks. Um, so going along with education and 10 years down the road, you're a leader and your piano player comes to you and says, Hey, are we trying to modulate to the fourth right here? And you don't know what to say. Now you're an ineffective leader. You need to understand music theory, how that works. Um, and not just your instrument, globally. Hmm. You need to know guitar theory for sure. If you're a keys player, you need to know piano theory for sure. But music theory on the whole is you're going to be, it's going to be your most prized possession. It's going to work its weight in gold proverbially. Yeah. If I even said that word correctly. Sure. And I know I've, I've seen that. It's, and it's a lifelong process for sure. Like yeah. I, I'm not at all, I wouldn't count myself an expert in music theory at all, but um, I think you're right. Like just in talking to other worship leaders, like there is when you can kind of speak the language of any instrument on the stage, you may not be the greatest of drummers, but you could still hop up there and kind of show the drummer what you're talking about. Um, you know, you can go to the keys and kind of plunk your hands on there. Like definitely kind of understanding all the instruments is something you can start working on, you know, whether you decide to get a formal education in it or not, like really just becoming well-versed in everything you see on the worship platform. Um, even the technology involved in it, because stuff's going to break down at your church. And the worship leader usually ends up having to be the guy that fixes all that, too. So you're going to want to 
um, just basically make sure you're rubbing shoulders with uh, people that are running sound and just getting a feel for what it all is and how it all is run. Definitely. And understanding the science of how that all works uh, is important as well. Yeah. Because if, if you need to fix your room, are you sure that that Beta 87 capsule on the microphone is what you want? Are you sure that SM58 is really what you want? Sure. You know the difference between uh, cardioid and hypercardioid. Those sorts of things are important as well because they help you be the best that you possibly can be. And while you don't deal with them on the outset as much as you would think, they come into play when when it gets when it's business time, right. when things start going wrong, you need to understand why it's happening. Yeah, and knowing how a microphone works, uh, how to operate a sound console, uh, a mixing board, if you would, hmm. uh, how signal flow works. Okay, you you have sound coming out of the speakers and you're playing strings. How's it getting there? Understanding how that's working is is paramount as well. You need to be fully versed in how these things operate so that you can fix them on the fly or instruct someone else how to fix it. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, I would say, uh, be somewhat tech minded. If you can all at all be when it comes to computers, uh, we we're talking, you guys started, I think you almost got there, right? Talking about like lighting consoles and, yeah. uh, just your pro presenter setup, projectors, things like that. You're going to need to most likely know about all that stuff as well. Sure. Um, good rule of thumb is, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? when you're troubleshooting. So, uh, there's a tremendous value in knowing lighting consoles and pro presenter. And I think we're going to see even more of it as we continue as technology advances. I mean, I just, I was looking at, um, uh, an app that, that a worship team was using and everybody can download this app and hold their phones up. And then there's an inaudible signal that you can put through your uh, PA system that makes your, uh, iPhones all like light up and dance around to the music. So, um, just kind of, I, I thought I thought that was really neat. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I can't remember the name of it, but I thought that was like like really really cool use of technology. Um, all that to say, like you gotta gotta have a pulse on the technology. There's so much you can do with lighting and video and you know video backgrounds and text and fonts and like so that's a whole nother world in and of itself to start understanding because you're crafting worship experiences and I think you can really do a disservice to yourself and your congregation if you don't touch the lighting console and you don't know how to program things and you know there's color theory and all that stuff spinning around and all of that that is involved in your worship leadership and you can make your um, experiences that much more powerful when you use art and you use light and you use it all uh, in an effective way and wrap things all together. Um, so you definitely want to start learning all that. This is a ton of stuff to start learning, but if you're 16, you got a lot, uh, a lot of years ahead of you to learn all this. And it really is just kind of getting in there, mixing it up with people, um, that you look up to, I think to find, find a mentor locally at your local church, find someone who will take you out to coffee, um, and have them pour into you. And then just as quickly as you start learning, start pouring into someone yourself, just so you can be part of that process, like the Paul and Timothy kind of thing. I always say you got to find a Paul and you got to find a Timothy and really just like keep this cyclical worship leadership going where you're learning and you're, you're passing it on. Cause I think teaching helps uh, codify a lot in our minds as well. There's yep. never, um, there's always budget to take your team out for coffee. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> every, every Sunday morning as a worship and tech team, we meet at a local Starbucks 
about half an hour, 45 minutes before rehearsal starts for the morning. Hmm. And we have a simple Devo and just hang out as a collective group for a while ah. before we start <laughs> before we go <laughs> to, uh, before we start our day officially. Sure. Uh, because it's, cool. it's the time that you spend with your team, team building and getting to know each other uh, on a personal level instead of just showing up for rehearsal for an hour and then coming in on Sunday morning for a couple hours. We get to know each other as people and, and become really good friends and we work together better that way. Hmm. Um, and there's always budget to take <laughs> take your team out for coffee once in a while. Or uh, or if you're, having, if you're struggling with someone, harp on them and get on them, take them out once a week or so. Hmm. Just get to know your people. I cannot stress that enough that your people make your team, not you. Yeah. So you should you should really invest in them and be committed to their success as well. Yeah. That is good stuff. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that and and add like, <clears throat> I, I'm not I'm not like a singer songwriter, but I know that a lot of times that kind of implies a one man show. Mm-hmm. Um, so just make sure to break that mentality. Uh, like Fox was saying, it's the when it comes to a worship team, a worship leader that that implies that you're leading a team, yeah, and the congregation. So that's going to be huge. So. Um, that, I mean, that really wraps into what you guys were saying, but sure. I just kind of wanted to add that, I guess. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, um, yeah, if you have any more questions, we'd love to hear them in the comments for this episode uh, over at thechurchcollective.com slash podcast. You can find uh, this episode plus a wealth of other things. I know Fox touched on a lot of uh, a few issues about sound stuff, so I'll make sure to link um, some of the great posts he has up on the site for sound training if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, you know what, maybe I do need to at least understand kind of what's going on. Um, there's really just some tremendous posts on the church collective that can really help you, um, get a feel for what that stuff is. And, and I think even just speaking the language and just kind of learning, uh, what some of the words means in and of itself is a good process just to be able to talk to your sound guy and know what they're talking about. Um, but I think above all else, just, you know, be, be humble and, and foster a relationship with God and, uh, practice your instrument and all that. And, and, and he'll, he'll work it out. It's kind of, it's amazing to see what, what the Lord does when, when you're just faithful with the day to day in learning and growing and, and staying in a closer walk with him, the, the doors he'll open for you without trying to push it. And, and I know like as the singer songwriter, we always want, like we want our songs to be heard or we want to get exposure. And, and I think, um, God's real quick to, to knock that pride down. So, Learn that lesson as soon as you can. I think we all deal with pride, and we'll probably all deal with pride until uh, we see the Lord in heaven. But uh, to really just let um, let God have His way, just day to day with your faithfulness. A final note that I would add: um, this podcast talked a lot about um, the difficulties of being a worship leader, and we're <laughs> trying to discourage you one bit from doing that. Yeah. Uh, and I know personally, and I'm sure that the other guys can attest that. We like to have these hard conversations now before you get started sure. so that we can be friends later on and not uh, have to worry about having these issues later on mm. as you grow and mature. So if you can tackle these right now as a young person wanting to become a worship leader, if you can understand the difficulties that are inherent in that position now, in a couple of years when those situations present themselves, you will have a greater understanding and, and of what's happening and be able to work through it in sure. a spiritual way. 
Yeah, that's good. And and there's tons of guys on the church collective that would love to connect with you if you're listening to this too. And you just feel like I, I, I want a mentor, but I don't know, like, you know, I, I personally would love to connect with you. So you can always catch us on the site or in our Facebook group or tons of ways to, to connect with us. So yeah, just uh, God bless you on your journey to become a worship leader. Obviously, it's something that we're all very passionate about here at the Church Collective. So it's a, a noble calling, um, but uh, it's a challenging one for sure. And, and I think stepping out and doing anything in faith for God is going to be challenging, but um, so tremendously rewarding. So we hope this has helped you in your journey and look forward to connecting with you. That's it for this week's episode. If you have a question that you would love answered, we would love to hear it. Head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit contact, get in touch with us, and we'll be in touch with you soon. God bless you.